Welcome to Jesus Dates. Listen, man, you keep going this way, it's going to kill you, basically. It's going to end ministry, it's gonna, and it's going to end you. The sort of relationships and the vibrancy of life you want can't be had down this road that you're traveling. stories about how God is moving in the lives of everyday people. Whether God has saved them from a fiery furnace or simply spoke to them in a Starbucks, we get to hear all about it right here on Jesus Dates. I'm in Hawaii because I am taking part of a ministry called Love Reality Tour. Me and my friend Eric Vandenberg co-direct and I'm lucky enough to be the speaker for it. So it's a youth and young adult slash everybody else event to kind of ground the gospel around the father's love and our identity in the father's love. And so we've been going around all the islands, maybe about like once a month to a different island and doing um, presentations and at a week at a time. And right now we're on a big island on Hilo's side and we're actually starting one this evening. Have you always been interested in working in ministry or or when did that come about? Yeah, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I've never I've never actually pursued ministry as much as it's been the open door that I continually walk through um, or that the Lord continues to invite me through. So ever since you were a little boy, you were interested in stuff like that? Yeah, so when I was little, I remember thinking to myself, like, I would sit around and look at people and be like, what does the world look like from that other person's eyes? Because I see the world this way. And how do I know that they're seeing the world the same way I see the world? Like, what grounds and unifies our experience of reality? Like, questions like that. And then in church, like, why did God, what God died for me? Like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm cool. Why Why would a God die for me? Like, what's that all about? You know? There's a lot of people in your family like that, or were you, like, the only curious one? No, I think, like, you know, I grew up in my, I grew up in a household, a small household. It was me, my sister, and my mother, and my mother was too busy trying to raise two kids and keep them safe and out of trouble to, I don't know, to have, we're not having, like, deep theological conversations when I'm 10. I don't even know, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm asking these questions as I'm playing NBA jams or watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it's not like <laughs> yeah. I'm a little, you know, <laughs> I'm a little 10-year-old, just regular. So my head was always lost in my own thoughts or in the clouds. So uh, did you ever feel like you found the answers to all your well, questions? That's the thing. Do you that's, still that's, have that's all exactly those questions? That's exactly how, you know, I continue to be in ministry is because as I keep asking questions, more questions arise. And so that led me not only to... Like that not only led my curiosity led me to actually pursue it in formal education, my undergrad and a master's in it, just trying to find questions and pursuing like why, why, why? And in my pursuit of why, 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 I think God revealed himself apart from theology, you know? Yeah. So let me ask you about that then. Like what you just said. Like what is one example or one story where you're like, Okay, there has to be a God because this isn't just like theology like there's no explanation yeah for me you know i have my life has certain highlights along those lines where man this can't be coincidental because there's too many things but some of those stories are really um not external 
like these miraculous stories of these events transpiring. But the most powerful one that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt is something that happened from the inside out. And for me, it was just, you know, it's actually fairly recent, just in the last couple of years, where I, in my pursuit of theology, I think I fell into the trap of thinking that my theological acumen and or knowledge somehow can keep me safe and guarded mm-hmm. from, like, the struggles that an adult male in America could suffer through. Did you or think that, that if I suffered through them, what was that? Did you think that, I guess, all the, the theology training was kind of keeping you immune? Or yeah, would it was kind of like immune? a shield, or I would wear it as a justifying badge of like, oh, well, I can get away with this because I've accumulated all of these theological gold stars, right? Yeah. And so um, one of the things that the Lord pressed on my heart in the last you know a few years of my adult life was like my relationship to the opposite sex and particularly just being a regular american dude who at least for me in my experience the type of company i kept that we had a certain entitlement when it came to the opposite sex and even if we were quote-unquote remaining pure in the christian sense we still interacted with the i still interacted with the opposite sex in a way that was traces of belittlement, entitlement, and um, sexualized objectification. You, you dig? Yeah. What happened to me is that while being in that arena, I thought I was protected because of my theological acumen or my badges or whatever. But nah, I fell victim to the seeds I had sown in my own life. I had, I had what you call a fall. The Lord in his graciousness finally just pressed it on my heart and was like, listen, man, you keep going this way, it's going to kill you, basically. It's going to end ministry, It's gonna, and it's going to end you. The sort of relationships and the vibrancy of life you want can't be had down this road that you're traveling. Now, I remember just praying to God, like realizing that the futility of my attempts, the futility to cover up my tracks, the futility of being in this experience, it was just weighing so heavy on me. And I remember just crying out to the Lord, realizing, like, man, I, I can't. This can't be, you know, where I'm left as a Christian, as a God follower, as a man. Like, this this cycle I'm on, just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I didn't know what to do. I, I genuinely didn't know what to do. <laughs> you dig? Yeah. The Lord spoke to me, man. And, it was, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like an audible voice, but I know it's just like a deep impression. <clears throat> but the Lord just straight up said, man, give me your sexuality. I'll give you my spirit. Like, just give it up. So what were your first thoughts when you heard that? Um, I, you know, I, I was, it was uh, th- this reaction right now, like <laughs> speechless. Like, you don't know what to say. You're like, because in that moment, like I knew clearly it wasn't me. I knew clearly that I had been the Lord. Did you right? feel like scared or did you feel excited? Like you, like you're about to feel freedom or what were you thinking? I felt, I felt relief. Because there was a way out. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I felt relief. And then you'd like to think that immediately I knew how to do that and surrendered. But uh, I didn't. And I didn't know how, even though I had this on my mind. So it lasted a little bit, a couple of weeks. And uh, I finally had an encounter where I was at home. I was watching these gospel preachers, these guys named like 
the dude tall white man, I heard a sermon of his and he just said, how is it that we think that we can get away in a Christian life having what the disciples didn't have and then keep going, not having what they did have? And so he says they didn't have the New Testament because the New Testament couldn't have been written until they had acted and lived it out. And what they did have was the Holy Spirit. So living, so basically, like, how can you live having the New Testament, but you don't live with the Spirit? Yeah, yeah. How can you live? How can you live as a Christian without the fullness of mm. the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, right? And not just cognitive knowledge, but an experience yes. of true conversion from the inside out that the Spirit has set you free from the bondage that used to enslave you, right? As I'm listening to these guys, I mean, I listen to sermon after sermon because they had it got me. This was actually a Saturday. I spent the whole day just listening to sermons. I think like I probably listened a good eight to ten hours. And, uh, you know, I went to bed and I was I went to bed hopeful. I was like, man, this is so good. This is so good. And then something happened because the next morning, I kid you not, I opened up my eyes. And the first thought that came to me, I remember it so clear, was my father loves me and I am his son. It was a full awareness of the father's love in my life. And that I had been freed from the bondage that enslaved me. Like, like I was free. I was free. I was absolutely free. And I don't know how to explain it, but I remember it was, I remember listening to uh, uh, my favorite song for that season of my life was uh, Pieces by Bethel. And this line of, you don't give your heart in pieces and you don't hide away just to tease us. Right, speaking about the Father, and just glorifying in the knowledge that the Father had given me his full heart in the person of Jesus, and that Jesus had liberated me, and I was just, I was free. I was absolutely free. Wow. So, was it, like, at that moment where you're like, hey, there's almost, like, no desire to, like, live oh, that I, way yeah. again? What marked that season for me was that I did not have the impulse or the desire after those things. There was an impulse and a desire for me after God and pursuing the depth of this liberty that I had received. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. scripture became more alive. The voice of the spirit became more clear. And there was a, a, a transformation of just being alive in the newness of freedom. That's so awesome. I have to ask you, and I know that you mentioned something about this earlier. When people say that they like surrender themselves to the Holy Spirit, does that mean like that they are doing anything or that it's just God totally taking control or it's just us letting him do his thing? You know, here's the thing. I have to give you the the rest of the story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Paul Harvey. Yeah, little Paul Harvey. Colossians right two six. In the same way you receive Christ, therefore remain or walk in Him. Right. I ended up getting overconfident in the grace I had received. That I fell into the same trap that I the pattern of my former ignorance, which was my theology somehow kept me immune. All right. That Thanks. I felt that now this experience somehow would keep me immune. Oh, okay. And the experience doesn't keep me immune. Yeah, and so the reason I bring that up is because what I've learned for me 
and what I'll speak to anybody is that then I can't rely on manifestation or the experience to be the grounding of my knowledge that I'm baptizing the Holy Spirit. Although it somehow helps, baptism of the Holy Spirit, as I've experienced it thus far and as I know it, is something that actually comes upon the believer, right? And it comes upon the believer by, in, by it's grace, right? It's it's grace that the Lord gives us, the baptism, it's a gift of baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we actually put it on by faith. And yeah. sometimes and we remain in it by faith. So sometimes that means that I don't experience it, I don't feel it, I don't know it. Although I may not feel things, I claim by faith that I have what he's promised. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. And so you're saying, hey, now I've like learned it's to walk by faith, not by feelings. Yeah, and then somebody, of course, is going to be like, Jonathan, what does faith look like? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, for me, it means each and every single day, I have to commune with my father right so that never again do i rest on experience but i'm resting in relationship continual relationship with my father through christ jesus Ooh, so not resting in theology not resting in experience but resting in your relationship yeah and, and by experience i mean past experience or past manifestation or past victories yeah right you know that's my that's my walk of faith that's my journey that's my that's probably the story that i have this like been just bringing springs of living water from within me and it's a story that continues to yield more and more yeah but it only yields more and more as it's you know alive in this in this relationship well yeah i I really love that story, Jonathan, because it's a story and an experience that really led to now you continually walking. And it's it's a walk, like it's a day after day thing instead of like yeah. what you said, just a, a one moment, really cool, like fiery experience. It's Yeah. And, and, you know, I just for anybody who's listening that the walk is by faith. So what does that mean? It means that faith proclaims what grace has already secured, right? So I'm not striving after something that I don't have. I'm walking and proclaiming and living in the reality of that which he says is mine. That's good. If you'd like to share your story about how God is moving in your life, leave us a message on our Jesus Days voicemail number 218-656-0540. Or send us a message to our email, connect at thecurrentministry.com, or our Instagram page, at The Current Ministry. This podcast is brought to you by The Current Ministry, music by Azrael Post. And this is your host, Molly Duper, thanking you for joining us. And until next time, grab a friend, a cup of joe, and go have your very own Jesus date. Is there anything really awesome that you can tell me about? Massachusetts? Um, yeah, we started the country. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess, I guess I did know that, but anything else, maybe. You know, I, yeah, without, without us, there's no Revolutionary War. That is very, very important. <laughs>